Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is Jeff T from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. College football fans, the championship is here. As DraftKings Sportsbooks, make sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. As new customers can score $150 instantly at bonus bets for betting just $5 on the championship game. Okay, so if you've been putting it off, act now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B. You bet $5 on the championship game. Win or lose, you get $150 instantly in bonus bets. What a win with your friends at DraftKings. Because it's more fun when you're in the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome in. Brand new episode of Snaps and Holy Shit. That game, dude, did not go as all how I thought it was going to go. Not necessarily the game as a whole, but I don't know about you, Aaron. Uh, when you do a post game show, right? You like yep. you 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 want to get your thoughts in order before the show begins, right? And so you're kind of writing your notes as the game's going on. I had already written the Michigan obituary, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I had already written and we were talking about it. I'm like, you know, what a process oriented win for Alabama because talent wise, there's two pretty equivalent teams, but Alabama didn't shoot themselves. Like, yada, 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 yada. And just when it seems like everything mm. is going against Michigan, that in that third quarter, everything else, they fucking find a way from that fourth and two on. Think about it. Three minutes yeah. to get the ball fourth and two from that play on. It was all Michigan. It was mm-hmm. like the game turned on a heel. Absolutely insane. What a win for Michigan. What a win for Harbaugh. Just I like it, 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 amazing. If you're a Michigan fan, enjoy this. Savor this. It's been a long time coming, and it's well-earned. This is just a massive fucking moment. There was huge, man. And then you go back to the beginning of the game, it looked like it was going to be too big of a moment for Michigan, a team that has been there back-to-back seasons into the playoffs yet has not found a way into the national championship all the pressure seemingly somewhat on them. They're a major favorite to win this entire season. Like they've been talking about, we talked about on the show, like Michigan's yeah. the best team in the country. Michigan's the best team in the country. This is the year, year three, Jim Harbaugh. Like they got all these NFL draft guys. They got, you know, they, they, they finally have figured it out this season. This is the year they're going to break through to get to the national championship. And it seemed like those first two possessions, 
it was going to be too big for them. JJ with a horrific interception gets yep. called back because of the, the defender was out of bounds. Then the muff pump turned to an easy touchdown for Alabama. And you're just like, man, like you cannot be making those mistakes early in the game and not think that Nick Saban is not just going to run right through you. And then from there, the rest of the half, like you said, T, Michigan looked like the better football team. Like I tweeted yeah. at the end of the half, like Michigan was the better football team, but don't sleep on Alabama because it's going to be a four-quarter game anytime you play the Crimson Tide. Alabama came back, th- third quarter was theirs, fourth quarter was theirs, and so obviously that last possession for or second last possession for Michigan and JJ drove down the field for the touchdown. So uh, it was a tale of two halves. You know, Michigan dominant there the first half, Alabama dominant in the second half, and um, Michigan found a way to win in overtime. You well, know, two I great runs. I didn't think that you could lose a phase because because what was the big uh the huh, the elephant in the room in the discussion for this game um was the Nick Saban factor, yep. right? Where like he's nine and one in these games or ten and one, you know, he's unbeatable in these games. And so I did not believe that you could have as many self-inflicted wounds as Mm -hmm. Michigan had or lose a phase of the game as badly as Michigan lost special teams and still find a way to win. I mean, Michigan, you said the fumbled punt. They had the botched XP. They had the missed field goal. They had the second muff punt, which almost lost the game on the spot, Mm -hmm. whereas Alabama had two 50-yard field goals. They had the heads-up play where a freshman punter turner, a true freshman, dives on the ball after it hits a teammate's heel. Uh, they won the field position battle with punting in the third quarter. So it just felt like it, it it just felt like Michigan, yes, you may be as or even more talented starter to starter than Alabama, but ultimately you're not ready for the moment. Nick Saban thrives in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then when it mattered most, though, right, situationally, right, I don't give a fuck about J.J. McCarthy's overall stats. I don't care about Michigan's overall stats. When they had to go 75 and their life's on the line and they're staring down fourth and two and then everything changed from that moment on. Blake Corum making the play, the Roman Wilson catch after the tip ball, uh, the, 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 the offensive line. And, and look, Michigan won in the trenches, dude. Yeah. Which yeah, more physical team. After the line was game, yeah. After the Georgia game, a lot of people were you know, crowning Alabama and especially a lot of our fans mm. here on snaps because we tend to have a bit of a Southern bias. Everybody's like, Oh, Michigan's overrated. The big 10 defenses are overrated. These big 10 lines are overrated. Alabama's going to kick their ass line. No, it's like we said, if it was just team on team, Michigan was the favorite. Mm-hmm. It was just the Nick Saban factor here. And, and, and one thing that was pointed out to me, which rung very true today. And I kept going back to was the, vast, vast, vast amount, the the vast majority of public betting was Mm -hmm. on Alabama because they were getting points, and yet the line never moved. Vegas stayed pat. Vegas was going to lose their dick off if if Alabama had had won this game, and yet that line stayed pat, and that lets you know, uh, first off, the public always has a weird way of getting things wrong when they all Mm -hmm. go direction but secondly it lets you know this game was not just some sort of uh mismatch like so many people tried to tell you it was no it, it was it was an uh, first of all it was a phenomenal game like for all the people that that you know were complaining for for the past month that fsu maybe should have been there or who should have had that number four spot this turned out to be one of the best playoff games that we've seen so like let's 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 maybe give the the committee a small clap here because I know none of us really truly like the committee, but they did Shut give the us a really up, good football Aaron. game. The committee doesn't they, need shit. Shut up. They, they gave us a great football game, so God. you can shut up. They gave us a great football game. This was a terrific you don't know what that overtime FSU game. You don't know what that FSU game would have been. I saw I don't Iowa know. I don't know. I'm not saying anyway, 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 right. this say, pointless conversation. You're right. My pointless bad. conversation. I'm not my trying bad. to go down this route. I'm just saying it was a great football game. We don't see a lot of these games in the playoffs, especially we don't see a lot of one versus fours turn out to be an overtime game in yeah. the granddaddy of them all. Like that's, that was a special game to watch. I wish I no, was there. It was. You're right. Watching the entire thing. Um, two very well coached teams, two very, com- yeah, two very, com- well, it's interesting. Two very complete teams without like, no, no, no. I was going to say, no, no, they're complete. There's some glaring weaknesses, but two very good defensive no, teams. No, I guess. Okay. okay so I think, I think what I'm getting at with complete is two teams that are winning as teams. Like there aren't like a lot of like very big superstars out there that are just overwhelming. And every team's going to have their stars, right? Yeah. But there's not a Bryce Young. There's not a Joe Burrow. There's not a, there, there's not like a singular guy who is just overwhelming. These are two teams who are winning by 
you know, with all 22, with, with all 11 guys in the field. Well, I, I would, I, I would classify Jalen Milrow as a superstar because if, if it wasn't for Jalen, if it wasn't for him, that football team would have been eight and four this year would have been seven and five. Jalen made that, that made that offense go middle of the season on. He made that offense go. The big plays that had to happen tonight for Alabama to even be in it was because of Jalen. Flip it over to JJ, and you said, oh, JJ was somewhat maybe pedestrian tonight. I thought JJ had a great game. I thought he was really efficient. You take away some of the drops, too, from some of the Michigan receivers. I thought he used his legs well. I thought he was accurate for the majority of the game. Obviously, he took care of the football besides the the, the oopsie that he, he was, you know, fortunate for him wasn't an interception to start the game. I mean, 17 to 27, 220, 221, three touchdowns. And what did we talk about the entire week for, for this football game? Alabama's DBs and can JJ McCarthy in this offense throw the football against Alabama? Because Georgia struggled and Georgia had, in our opinion, a yeah. better passing quarterback and better weapons on the outside. Yet JJ had the better stat line than Carson did. Like JJ had a really good game. And I thought the, the entire game plan for Michigan was tremendous. You saw in the first half the shifts, the motions, the different formations, the different personnel groups. Like I thought they did a great job of setting themselves up to have a ton of success throughout the ball game. So kudos to the offensive staff, kudos to JG McCarthy. I thought that that, that may have been the, one of the better games I've seen him play against elite competition because we usually don't see him get to go against elite yeah. competition. And he handled his business tonight. That's a great Alabama. I've said all that. Like that to me, I think it's the best defense in America, and he played pretty damn well. I think we got to put some respect on the Michigan defense here, dude. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people were just chalking up. I'm just chalking up Alabama for 30 points. You know what I'm saying? It felt like mm. all the conversation. No, 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 no. Not us. Not us. Not us. No, we not called us. a defensive battle, but everybody yep. said that, like, Michigan would not be able to keep pace with the explosivity of Alabama mm-hmm. and that the the kind of – the, the, the next line in that logic was that Alabama would probably score around like 33 or something like that, and Michigan wouldn't be able to get up. In the end of the game, Alabama 288 total yards, 116 through the air, 172, 4.4 yards per play, 3 of 13 on third mm. down. Sandra still and the boys showed up in a big way, dude. And then, again, situational football, Michigan making the plays at the end of the game to win the game, the huge tackle on the third down to force the mm-hmm. button to give the ball back to JJ, uh, the TFL on the, there was a third and goal, right? That set up the fourth. Then you get the TFL on third and goal to set up the fourth and goal where they tried to draw, um, just a, a throwing a bunch of different looks at Milrow, confusing him, um, avoiding, you know, for the most part, any of the, that explosivity that, that, that people talked about so much, it was going to be the downfall of Michigan. Like, both sides of the ball, uh, the staffs, the game plan, the execution by the players. Uh, Michigan deserves a ton of credit here. That they, that it, which is surprising. I don't feel like they were getting it coming in, considering they were literally the number one seed and the number mm-hmm. one team in the country pretty much the entire year. It just shows that's just the power of Nick Saban. If Nick Saban was not involved in this game, mm-hmm. we would not be sounding nearly as surprised as we are right now. Now, I, you're just no, saying I, that I, do, I do think I do think Nick Saban obviously plays a massive role. That was one of our keys to the game. But I do think also it goes into the fact that the way Michigan looked towards the towards the end of the season too. Like I, let's not just say like this, this this was a Michigan team that middle of the season I felt like was the best team in America. Then they fell off. They were banged up. JJ was banged up. We saw what he, everyone seen like what his stat line was through. The, the the cheating era of Michigan yeah, through the yeah, part of the season to what he was afterwards. That offense was not the same. No, he so had like one, that, 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 that was part of it too. That, that's a hundred percent part of the conversation. It's a hundred percent part of the conversation. Michigan has not looked like the number one team in the country the the the, the back half of half of the season. But the defense has this is the, and that's why I was more of this. This is what the game was going to look like. It was going to be a defensive struggle. It was going to be a field position game. And that's what that's what got Alabama back into it. The second half, yeah, Michigan was unable to get first downs. Wild. Yeah, they were unable to get first downs. They had a couple drops. JJ was behind on the one pass, and and Alabama was essentially living at the fifty yard line. And you just knew at some point they were going to break through. They were going to get a touchdown, and 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 Michigan had to find a way to just string together a drive. I mean, yeah. they went almost two quarters without scoring a point. Michigan, 
I know, no, I know, no, 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 that's what I was writing the eulogy because we've seen out what was the stat that they flashed on the screen night? Alabama's won five games losing in the second half this year. Mm -hmm. That's the Nick Saban factor, right? The adjustments, keeping your head on straight, like not getting overwhelmed, not being worried about losing, like continuing to fight in that second half. And so when they come out, they just completely win the third quarter and they're slowly eroding Michigan. Whereas you said it was that, like the third, if, if you ever want like a real, Masterclass example of how field position affects uh, scoring mm-hmm. and the final score. Just watch the third quarter of this game, where although points weren't being added, Alabama was slowly but surely pushing, 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 advancing mm-hmm. the fields, and Michigan's going back. And mm-hmm. then eventually they end up breaking through for a touchdown. So again, I thought it was going to be the difference. I had I had the whole thing written. And then, and then out of nowhere, JJ McCarthy in the offense, like, oh, wait, no, we're fucking good. We're fine. Uh, I, I don't know how. I don't know if we've just been saving these plays the entire game, but let's just go win. And they put together not only that 75 yard touchdown drive after the fourth and two, but then, I mean, even in overtime, getting the ball first is supposed mm-hmm. to be a disadvantage. And they just said, fuck it, we're going to run right over you. And they go and mm-hmm. score. Let me, let me ask you this question real quick, because obviously, you know, I a lot of Georgia people hitting me up and, and, and a lot of a lot of my buddies hitting me up throughout the game saying, like, why didn't we get this Alabama? Why didn't, and we're seeing in the chat right now, like, why didn't Georgia get this version of, of Alabama in the SEC championship game? I don't see that much of a difference. Alabama's all for Georgia sure. wasn't as good as y'all thought they were all year, guys. Can That's I, can the I finish it? point. Yes, yeah, sorry. No, no. This was, uh, to me, this was not that much of a different of an Alabama football team. No. Alabama beat Georgia. Because they shut Georgia's team down. Alabama's defense was great tonight. I thought Alabama's defense had a really good night. Really good night. It's like, 350 total yards. Like, that's it, not it's much. It's not like Alabama's offense kicked Georgia's ass. I mean, yeah, they ran the football. And, yeah, they maybe displaced some defense linemen at times. But it wasn't like this incredible offensive performance. It was Alabama's defense that won the game in Atlanta. Alabama's defense is what kept them in the game when their offense couldn't figure out how the hell to block Michigan in the first half. Like it, to me, it wasn't that much of a difference in team. It just Michigan somehow found a way to make some plays through the air more than Georgia was in in, in Atlanta. No, no, I think Michigan's better than Georgia. Like, yeah. how did team. how how have we not like they're better I, in the trenches? Guys, they're better in the trenches. Yeah, and guys, look, I mean, uh, Georgia's incredible. Okay, and obviously the Georgia Empire is going nowhere, but. I know there were injuries and whatnot, but it was a bit of a paper, like it was a bit fake this year. And when you ran into a really good team in Alabama, it 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 showed. And and yeah. Michigan is even better than that. I mean, we're 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 talking about we're, we're talking about very small amounts of difference here. These are not massive mm-hmm. differences. I'm not saying like Georgia's down here and these two teams are up here, but in those margins where these games are won and lost, Georgia just isn't quite on the, the level of well they're not the same they were for the past two years. I don't want to turn this to a Georgia conversation. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll no, let's talk this about Michigan. Michigan for the past two years, especially two years ago versus Georgia they were trying to build themselves like an SEC team. Like that was their goal. Jim Harbaugh yeah. came in there and he wanted to build a team that could be dominant defensively, that could run the football, that could take care of the football. It, hell, look at the games this year. I mean, they play games about three hours. Most college football games are around three hours and 20 minutes to three hours and 30 minutes. Michigan was consistently, we're on pace for that tonight too, around three, three hours. Because it's yeah. run the football, it's eat up the clock, it's get first downs, it's get in and get the hell out. And sometimes people are pissed off by the way they played because it wasn't super sexy, but that's how he wanted to build a championship team. How did Nick Saban build his dynasty? By playing the exact same game, dominating you, essentially breaking your will in the fourth quarter and kind of yeah. just running away with it. And and now Michigan, all of a sudden, in, in, in their third go-around in the past three years, has finally got to the point where they are built like an SEC team and can win on both lines of scrimmage. They were great on the defensive line, and that offensive line, even without their best offensive lineman playing, was tremendous the entire game and then really showed their ability to, to, to essentially uh, assert their force there in overtime with two runs for a touchdown. It's it's kind of wild. Uh, earlier, we were laughing because Michigan held up the fives going into OT, right? Mm-hmm. And we were joking about how, like, cheesy culture shit works when everybody buys in. It's fucking wild how Jim Harbaugh created the beat Ohio state period of practice 
And now they're consistently beating Ohio State. And then he creates the beat UGA period of practice. And now by extension, like they mm-hmm. beat UGA. So like he, he's done things. And, and normally a coach doesn't ever want to do that because they don't want to give that mm-hmm. enemy uh, that much focus, right? Because that's like bad coaching. You're supposed to be focused on whatever you're playing here, blah, 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 blah. And, and so for Harbaugh to set such clear goals for how he wants his team to approve and to pull it off. Cause again, you're right here. We said so long, Michigan will not be able to do this. Like they will mm-hmm. not be able to keep pace with Georgia and Alabama. They try to play this style of football. You got to grow up Harbaugh. You got to evolve. You got to, you got to start running the spread. You got to try to win with all. And, and he kind of said, fuck it. No, dude, I, yeah. I think I got this guy, JJ McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And again, you're still right to highlight him because down the stretch, last four games, one touchdown, one pick, sub 150 yards every game. Now, he was not healthy, and he's healthy now. But then tonight, three touchdowns, no picks, and 220 through the air. One of his better games in his career, actually, mm-hmm. statistically, if you yep. look at a game log. Mm-hmm. Against this Alabama defense, that's exactly why they won. And, and, and you know, that's kind of how we said they were going to have to win. Was And he had three for 25 on the ground as well. Yeah, uh, that's how they were going to have to win. Was him being that impact player? Yeah, he was great, man. He was great. Um, him healthy. I, I, I don't think he's. He, I don't think he's a guy that's going to leave if they win a national championship. Like I don't. I still think he needs another year. But you should be pumped if you're a Michigan. If you're a Michigan fan and knowing that that, that you can now get that out of JJ McCarthy against that defense, which once again I'll say it again. Like I think it tr- truly is the best, most complete defense in America, along with Michigan. That should make you feel really good, no matter what the outcome is tonight against a Texas team that struggles against the pass and a Washington defense that is just kind of average, that Michigan's in a really good spot heading into that national championship game if they play similar to what they played tonight. Well, and I mean, when you overcome Nick Saban and Alabama in the playoff, Mm -hmm. which nearly nobody has done the amount of confidence mm-hmm. that you gain from that cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they remember the video when Alabama was selected. There was oh, yeah. real. Yeah. Probably wasn't the worst thing, right? Because last year they went overconfident against TCU. It's mm-hmm. what they asked. This year they had to respect their opponent, but there was fear. They yeah. knew Baba Yaga, the boogeyman, Nick Nick Wick was coming. And they fucking overcame him and beat mm-hmm. him. And so now they're rolling as confident as possible into that national championship. We should also highlight Roman Wilson uh, yeah. because to end the game with four for 73 and a touchdown against a secondary that's supposed to be untouchable and you don't have any weapons. And I know a lot of it came on that last play, but still that's, that's also big time. I mean, that's what receivers do. Yeah. They make big chunk plays. Mm-hmm. And there was like no play more important than that one where the ball gets tipped. He has to readjust. He has to climb up and bring it down. And then Corm's vision on the touchdown run at the end was fantastic as well. So yeah. cannot say enough. If you're a Michigan fan, congratulations, dude. Mm-hmm. These are the special moments. This is the good shit, dude. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, baby, let's get ready for the next game. All right. So the next game started. Uh, real quick, let's give some final thoughts. But first, a message from our friends at DraftKings. College football fans, the championship is here. The DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks as new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the championship game. Okay, so if you've been putting it off, act now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B. You bet $5 on the championship game. Win or lose, you get $150 instantly in bonus bets. What a win with your friends at DraftKings. Because it's more fun when you're in the action. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code TBOP. The crown is yours. The last thing I would say is um, clearly, or I want to be clear about this, because I don't know how this conversation started. It's all very like quick and snappy, and mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it's shorter than what I'm used to. I want to be, Al- or Michigan won this game. Alabama did not lose it. Michigan was the better team. Yep. They were better coached and they overcame more errors than did Alabama. Like Alabama mm-hmm. played a cleaner game and yet Michigan still won. And that is very impressive to me. Yeah. That to me, that goes to your point real quick too, before we log yeah. off is the fact that they did have more mistakes yet found a way to win the football yes. game is a truly a sign that they were the better football team in this, in the situation, which very few times do teams line up against Nick Saban, Alabama, but that's what we've said about Nick Saban, Alabama this year. Like this is not Nick's best team and still congratulations to Alabama for even getting here with that football team. 
Uh, yes, no, no, no. So, so that is also true, right? Like, yep. again, I know Alabama is supremely talented, but this was a more flawed Alabama team than we're used to. Yep. And Nick still coached ahead, but that's why you had to take advantage if you were Harbaugh mm-hmm. and the boys, and they did. Yep. Uh, look, guys, like and subscribe. The goal is 12-5 by the Natty. We're so, so close. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. It's your first time here. Welcome. We love it. Snaps. Hang out. We're here every day. It's super fun. Uh, we'll be reacting again here in a little bit to Texas Washington. So we got to go watch that game right now. And um, yeah, fucking Michigan, dude, getting it done. And the SEC was kind of booty this year. That's true. Also, yeah. uh, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to win the Heisman next year. So fuck y'all. Go Tigers. Fuck Alabama. Fuck Georgia. Fuck Michigan. Fuck you all. I'm just kidding. I love y'all. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Washington fans? How are you feeling right now? Uh, congratulations. Take a deep breath. You're probably having heart palpitations right now. That's completely okay. That game went from being completely over to all of a sudden your nuts having to live in your throat for four plays in a row. From the, That was one of the wildest endings 
that I've ever seen and would have been an all-time bad break mm. if an injury to one of your best players ends up basically giving the other team a free timeout and costing game. But in the end, you know what Washington did, Aaron? What they've done now, what, 21 times in a row? The only thing they do is they just keep winning. Yeah. And you all keep telling me that, that the other team's going to beat him, even though they beat Oregon three years in a row. Now they're beating Texas two years in a row, going to the national championship. Huge congrats to Michael Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies and Kalen DeBoer and the whole squad. Listen, I, I guess I guess to make one of us happy in this 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 relationship between you and me, maybe I should doubt them again for the national championship. That way yeah, they win, exactly, exactly. and then you could be happy because I really don't have like a dog in the fight technically in this whole thing. So, you know, go Michigan, go Blue, beat that ass next weekend. No, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about what a terrible throw by Quinn years. I mean, you had it set up. You had one on one with Ad Mitchell who levitated kind of on that it. previous one. And you throw it kind of out of bounds, like just throw a 50-50 ball up where he could literally plant his feet and elevate to go catch. Instead, you throw it towards the sideline where as a receiver, he's having to think, I have to keep my feet in bounds while catching it. So he didn't get, he didn't have a chance to jump up. And all the DB did was jump up in the air and then swat it away. It's like, Quinn, you had it, man. Literally one-on-one with AD, throw it in bounds and let him go up there and try to win a 50-50 ball. And kind of the way Quinn Ewers' night was, just very inconsistent. Interesting. Balls. Um, it wasn't his night, man. It just was not Quinn's night. Interesting. Because I think we had a bit of a debate over how large the quarterback advantage was for Washington the other day. Mm. As the core three tenets, why I liked Washington were quarterback advantage, intangibles, and coaching advantage. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think coaching advantage is hard to judge, right? I mean, yeah. whatever. But um, I definitely feel like you saw the intangibles of Washington today, mm-hmm. and you definitely felt the difference in Michael Penix. I mean, the dude was automatic all yep. night long, threading the ball deep, long, short, over the middle, anticipation, wherever it, it needed to go. And, 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 and most importantly, taking care. Like, the O-line did fine, but really taking care of that Texas pass mm-hmm. rush with his mobility. And with yes. his ability to escape and still keep mm-hmm. his eyes downfield and still make the play, Michael Penix Jr. is unreal. And um, I think and to, it, me, to me, that was the biggest thing tonight. It was, it was we knew he was going to be able to make passes down the field. Like that, that wasn't a question. Like that, that those receivers with with Michael Penix and his accuracy, they were going to create big explosive plays. I mean, I didn't know if it'd be that consistent. And some of the passes he made were just were just a, an absolute thing of beauty. But when Texas did kind of get, you know, win their one-on-one battles up front, how many times did we see Michael Penix make a defender miss? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every time. I, mean, Every get, I think time. it was Sweat one time that he blew through two that. guys. It just went and then sidearm across the middle to Aduze, and boom, it's a first down. It, it, those plays, to me, because we, we've, we, we've kind of turned the, the conversation for the NFL draft into, okay, three guys. Um with Jaden Daniels as number three, the way Michael Penix played tonight, not only did he put Washington in the national championship, Michael Penix is now in the conversation of a top two, top three pick from the quarterback spot heading into the draft. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that was mean, unbelievable what he did tonight. I know, uh, you know, Saints fans and a lot of fans or whatever, any, any, any NFL fan base that unfortunately their team doesn't have a great pick, but they need a quarterback mm-hmm. is all looking at Michael Penix tonight, uh, salivating, thinking that maybe uh, they, they, that he yeah. can fall to them, and, and rightfully so. Um, again, the one of the moments I go back to is the – I talk about the intangibles of Washington and how battle-tested this team was and how they constantly take the shape of whatever the game is calling for on that day. And so when you have Washington really dominate the first half, but because of a fumbled punt – because they didn't get that fourth and one down there in the red zone and credit to a really gritty drive from Texas, right? Texas hadn't gotten shit going the whole first half. And then they go, what was it? 10 plays, 72 yards. Gotta have it to tie it. At that moment, you felt like, well, Washington's been kicking ass Mm -hmm. and it's a tie game. Like, like this is probably treating Texas way. But at the halftime interview, Caleb Moore talked to me. He said, look, we've been in these situations all year long. Cool as a cucumber, 
unflappable. You know, we've been in these situations all year long. We're used to it. We're going to do our thing. What do they do? They come out. They immediately go down and score a touchdown. They force mm-hmm. a turnover. They kick a field goal. And, and from then on, they really had firm control of the game until that spooky fucking insanity um, um, at the end. So, yeah, look, Washington's been in dogfights. All year. Yeah. Like if you're gonna get in a fucking close game with Washington, good luck because because they've been they they've been living here and then they don't they they love the stage. Like we talked about Penix. He loves the stage, he loves the close game, and and they just consistently find ways to pull it out no matter how they've been playing up to that point. Even though they played yeah. really well today, obviously. Yeah, and, and 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 someone in the chat goes, you know, Texas or Texas was a better team besides the quarterback spot, and I I don't know, man. Like I was, no, what? What I think I was really impressed in general from 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 Washington from from every position. I thought the defense played well. Yeah, I thought I thought the offensive line played well. Obviously, the receivers are are elite as elite can be. Like Penix was dropping some dimes down there, but those receivers and their light hands and their ability to stack defenders and get on top of DBs to make it even easier for Penix to be able to make those completions down the field. Uh, a Dunes and the one I think it was a Dunes when he had the post route where he kind of got pulled a little bit and continued to run and still made the catch down the field. Like plays like that, it's like, like they were the better quarterback, they were the better receiver. I thought they were the better offensive line. Yeah, um, and I thought they were more consistent defensively. I thought their defense was was well, great. Yeah, I mean, look, the, Washington the, back end, the Washington back end may not be great, but the Washington secondary is way better than Tech secondary. Tech secondary yes. is an actual weakness. Yes, um, you can say Washington secondary is average, right? But the well, Tech secondary average. Actually. Washington's whole defense is just good. They're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're right, not, right. but they're not bad either. Like yeah. there isn't like this major glaring weakness where we knew Texas had a major glaring weakness in the secondary, and it it got exposed. It was you better get to Penix. Or you're gonna get the shit beat out of you on the back end. Well, they got the Penix a couple of times. He made you miss, and he still whooped your butt throughout for, you know for four quarters. So where I look at Washington, and and we have the, the narrative's been elite offense and and not a great defense. I think the narrative has definitely changed over the past six games of elite offense and can be the best offense in the country, if not one of the best, and a good defense that can get it done. Yeah, I think. Um... Again, and 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 the the sauce that Washington has as well is that intangible win factor. That's why mm-hmm. computer models and everything else keep missing on them because they cannot compute what it means to have a team that's very well coached, very well led, very used to being in fights and knows how to handle themselves in fights. Also, the play calling, like I you know, everybody always talks about the play design with Grub and everything and how incredible it is. But what did we say going into this game? In every single big game this season, uh, Washington has remained committed to running the ball. Not always the most effectively, but they will at least do it enough to give them a little game control, make you respect it, and make Mm -hmm. you feel it a little bit. I mean, you beat up on a team, right? 31 carries, only 102 yards, but again, breaking that 30-carry threshold in an offense that, I think most people just think of it as being Penix and the receivers, which it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But they, but but they are, but but that's but to be a good football team, a championship football team, um, you at least have to be committed to that portion of the game from a play calling standpoint. And and granted, the big playability probably allows them to rush the ball more with a little less success because they can make up mm-hmm. these larger to go situations. But it's, uh, I mean, it's it's it's. I'm just very impressed to sit here again on a night when you're only averaging like three yards. Dylan Johnson, 21 for 49, but they kept running. They kept calling it Mm -hmm. and they had enough success so that Texas couldn't just completely disrespect the rushing attack. Next week's going to be interesting. It's two, it is, it is two polar opposites when it comes to how to execute offense. I mean, it is, it is the Michigan that just wants to pound you and pound and pound and slow the game down. And it's the Washington up tempo, spread you out, throw the ball down the field and, and and just use the running game just to you know let the team know that hey we can run the football but we we really don't care what we're gonna get out of it because it's just it's just there. Um someone in the chat made an interesting point. I didn't really think about it like this, but obviously we all know that college football is trending in the direction of SEC and Big Ten, the two super conferences. Well obviously Michigan is the Big Ten, Alabama's SEC, Texas will be the SEC, Washington will be part of the Big Ten next year. We're going to have essentially a Big Ten matchup in the championship and both Big Ten teams and future Big Ten teams took out the SEC, the big bad SEC in one day. So where the SEC was trending against the Big Ten 
heading into this matchup, Missouri winning versus uh, yeah, they beat Ohio, Ohio State. State. Maryland was the only one. Maryland was the only one. You had you had uh, Ole Miss taking down Penn State. Yeah. All of a sudden, the two big boy games. All of a sudden, the Big Ten can now start flexing their muscles a little bit, knowing that they got two teams in there when it's all said and done next weekend. And you know, like Big Ten fans have been having to just eat this SEC shit for years. Like you know, it has to feel good. Although, interestingly, I think there's just as many people who are like me where. I have no conference pride. I want all my conference rivals to fucking lose. And I'm ecstatic about Alabama losing. And I'm ecstatic about Texas losing. Fucking horns down for life. Always. I got no problem Michigan. And I've been cheering for Washington all year. Let's fucking go, dude. So bring on the Big Ten. I love it. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people up in a different part of the country that are like, fuck Michigan. Those fans are unbearable. Whatever. We don't deal with them a lot down Mm -hmm. here. And so cool Michigan too and it's impressive it's I mean what Kalen DeBoer has done yeah the guy just knows how to win championships dude. Mm-hmm. he just like he just knows how to do I, I I don't know how to explain it um I guess if you could you could fucking try to replicate it and then you win championships yourselves but like the the, the consistency that he is able to achieve for his entire career is nothing short of absurd yeah uh, Chris Wells, appreciate the super chat. Good season, gents. Look forward to your 2024. Hell yeah, gonna start with a bang all week long. Um, is this a must-win situation? Like I we we've 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 talked about his his stats. They're not a mediocre it's, team. Washington, how how can coach sorry? Cohen in the chat says Washington is a good coach and a mediocre team. That's so fucking mm-hmm. crazy to say. You, you, you don't you, have you don't three beat, or four first rounders mm, on that roster. You you literally you have three or beat. four first rounders. And yes, exactly. So they have talent. But, yeah. like, even regardless of NFL draft stock, you don't beat the next five top finishers in your conference in the Pac 12 in a year in which it was very strong. You don't yeah. go, you don't do beat Oregon twice like you did. You don't beat Texas for a second year in a row. This time, a red hot Texas playing as good a football as you and find mm-hmm. yourself in the national championship by accident. This is a good, this is a damn good football team. team. And I know, which, 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 which I want to ask you this, bit, but a lot of people kind of do like, I think there still is that SEC, like, kind of, yes. oh, it's where I, I still think a lot of people think that Washington is not that good because everybody keeps fucking choosing them to lose. Everybody. And they I'm just keep it. winning. Yeah, put a different logo on their helmets and, and maybe we'll we'll think about it differently. I'll ask you this. Is this is this a must? Is this as good as it's gonna get for Washington, though? Like the roster is perfectly set up where you do have this elite quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, he is just yeah, absolutely incredible. That. You have you have three elite receivers. Uh, you know, two of them could be first rounders. Like this is you have the best offensive line. The offensive line just won the Joe Moore Award a week ago. Like this is the perfect situation along with obviously an elite coach to have a chance to win a national championship. Like is this sustainable in your mind though, at, at a place like Washington, that's well, that, that goes to like the whole perception so, of, of so, what we view Washington as. So that's, that's where I'm going to ignore what I think should be. The answer is no, it can't be sustainable. It's Washington. I don't no. say yes. Cause Kalen DeBoer, like, I, I don't think it's ever, I don't think you're ever going to be year in and year out the threat that like a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State might yep. be. Michigan obviously deserves to be in that. But, um, but I think Kalen, I mean, with a 12 team playoff, I could see Kalen DeBoer getting in more often than not. I mean, unless we just want to completely ignore his sample size. Uh, Texas Rocks, you know, I love you, dog. You know, I love you, dog. It's all in love. You're, you're great. You're a great member of the chatting community here. Where do you put him? Where do you put him? Do you put him? Is he Who? top five? That, you, Absolutely. We, you, you and I talked about the tiers. And obviously, tier one is kind of set aside for those who win a national championship. Yeah. Is he in t- is he firmly in tier two already? Can oh yeah, yeah. He's been yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I mean, okay. pro- pro- probably arguably you could have made that argument after last season, mm-hmm. going eleven and two, um, combined with all of his lower level success. But I mean, a thousand percent. There's no denying him now. Yeah. Um, he's with any like we said. If you only get tier one of you and Natty, so he is at the tippy top of tier two with anybody else that hasn't won one, like a Harbaugh, uh, Kelly. Maybe even though no Kelly, I would still say Brian Kelly. Those some maybe wouldn't. Um, DeBoer Lane in there, trending, trending there. Trending. I would put uh, shout out to guy T Taylor with the ten dollars super chat. Thank you, T. Hell yeah, man. Hello, Sorry, um, 
how do you view Texas going forward? Um, I, I, Texas going to okay. So that's what I was going to say to Texas Rocks is like I know this hurts tonight, but like I do actually think Texas is back. Yeah, uh, and and so I think they're going to be consistently good from this moment on, and uh, yeah, like I I think they'll. I, I yeah, I mean if they viewers returns, which I think he will, uh, I think they'll be right there, right behind Georgia and Alabama next year in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, the talented. I think Quinn. I think Quinn. I think especially with the essentially he's at best five heading into the draft. At best five. So I don't. I don't why, think he. Why? Take, why would he leave when he could stay yeah. making money, stay playing college yes. football? He, he's the, the Quinn's coming back. So you got you got a third year starting quarterback coming back. Yeah, they, they've recruited gonna be, their asses gonna be awesome. off. They're going to be gonna great. Be awesome. te- te- Texas, Texas is is Texas should be nine out of ten times in the playoffs going forward. And I mean, you know what's crazy though, dude? I think uh, Big Titty says zero sacks where they fought in Texas D line. I know that's Penix. I mean, that was just yeah. Penix constantly avoiding cut, but. What I, I I think what's crazy is um I think you're just pissed off too. I'm not, this is the one the one area that T Bob would be pissed off tonight is I can't give the uh the, the voters the Joe Moore award any shit for for picking a, hey. a bad offensive line. Hey, no, 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 no. You take that up with Kublik. Looked like a good offensive line to me. They did look uh, good. They, they had a good uh, night. No, I I think you know what's crazy though is I think we're entering or I hope maybe this is wish thinking. I hope. And perhaps we're entering a bit of a golden age for college football, where instead of just one to two powers every year, we could be looking at a at a gaggle mm-hmm. of superpowers, right? Like instead of creating the hyper powder concentration that I thought the portal and NIL would, it's done this democratization thing. And and what it's kind of made me open my eyes to is oh, wait, no, we've been living. In the oligarchy, like we've been living where it's been the hyper concentration of talent and power mm-hmm. and resource. Like finally now, some of that is getting to spread out, right? So that's how a Washington can be more relevant because I'll have Kalen DeBoer and he'll be able to sell kids on coming up there and getting the piece that he needs. And I trust him in evaluating yep. those pieces. That's how an old miss is now suddenly frisky and hot and heavy in Mizzou. But then even and 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 then still. Your superpowers are going to remain so because they still have more money, like Georgia, Bama, Ohio mm-hmm. State. They're still willing to spend more. So, no, I think I think I think we're like, yeah, man, we we could we're be on the verge of the golden age of college football. We, we have we have some things to clean up, especially the calendar. But I think we are in a, when it comes to this was the best playoff we've ever seen, and and I think this was a perfect yeah. example of what where college football is trending towards. Yes, it, it is becoming, and this was one of the most competitive seasons that we've also had when it comes to college football. So I do believe we're heading in the right direction. Uh, Joe Pluff, I saw this a lot on social media. Penix should have won the Heisman. I saw a lot of people saying, well, <laughs> if, the, if the Heisman was a was was voted on after the season, it would be Michael Penix's award. We, we've been through the numbers on this show. Bruh. Michael Penix died off for about four or five weeks towards the end of the season. He did. Does it, I mean, can he be? Can he just be awesome without having to be the Heisman winner too? Like, 100%. well, I don't think anyone was ever doubting his awesomeness, but you have to understand what the award goes to. Yeah, it's not the guy that that was a Heisman guy for six games at the no, season. No, I know like, it's a full season, and he I, just didn't do that, unfortunately. Well, I guess what I'm saying is like him not being the Heisman winner. Yeah, doesn't really. It, it it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't prove anything about him. It's not anything negative. Like it it's it's like you said. He's just not. He's just not. The numbers, everything you said, but he's still fucking incredible. So if you derail the conversation into he should have won the Heisman, all you're inviting is debate that misses the point entirely. The point is Michael Penix Jr. is a fucking dog mm-hmm. who loves the big stage and isn't afraid to throw it fucking deep and throw into coverage and slip it right over your head or right under your arm or right behind your butt. Just put it wherever he needs to, to get the job done. And like, that's what you should be talking about with Michael Penix. He's a fucking winner, a winner who just makes game winning plays constantly. And, um, Brian Hall says the difference with the turnovers, the freshman running back were careless with the ball. Look, that really hurt Texas. We got to remember, I mean, again, Washington fumbled the original punt. They gave Texas mm-hmm. their only life for a while there. And uh, they also got stopped, now, you know, turnover on downs, but they did get stopped in the red zone as well. So both teams had their yeah. their moments. 
Also, the uh, the the fun conversation all week was I don't know if you saw the the, the press conference for for Texas, but Quinn Ewers was sitting on the bench and Manning's getting interviewed by about twenty or thirty reporters. It's kind of like who's the starting quarterback over here? Is Manning? He literally Manning's getting swarmed. This is during media day, swarmed by about twenty thirty reporters all huddled around him, and Quinn Ewers is just sitting solo. No one's talking to him, and it's just like it's kind of hilarious. And, and I know a lot of people were they kept showing him during the game. Quinn Ewers, there will not be a battle next year. Manning decided to come back and knowing pretty darn well, about 80% that Quinn Ewers was going to be coming back next year and that that I'm going to have to send another year learning behind him before I take the ropes as a Texas Longhorn. I don't think Manning's really rushing to the field. You know, like I don't, I I think it's okay for guys to want to chill and develop and learn college and like grow up a little bit. Like grow, yeah, like grow up a little bit, get bigger and stronger. Like I think it's a public, but it's, 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 it's it's the name and it's obviously being a, I, I, a highly recruited kid and everything that went into it. Like you expect those guys to come in there and, and start right away. And that, that that that's the perfect world and the perfect situation, but like you're behind a quarterback that probably next year is going to be a first round draft pick, and then yeah. after that, guess what? You're going to have th- what three years to start at Texas. And, and, and look, Ewers had flashes tonight. He just doesn't have the cons- yeah. his his whole deal for going into next year is just going to be consistency. Yes, and he's been way better at it this year. But through his first two years, that's been um. And that's anybody's development, right? But that's 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 been the thing that's eluding him yeah. is the consistency that you've seen guys like Penix and and the other greats this year achieve. Um, uh, oh, shit. I like Quinn, but he's just mentally slow. I think Texas, right? I think Quinn plays fast. Like I think he, I've always talked about on the show, like he he throws the ball with some, I think above average to elite. I would even put it in the elite category, elite anticipation. Yeah, I yeah. Think no, Quinn's a sure. really good quarterback. I think he's. Like T, you're hitting it well there. Like I think he's on the cusp of, of becoming that mid round, first round to top ten NFL pick next year. I think that's why he came back. He kind of saw it like this is a year where I'll probably be the fifth or sixth quarterback taken. I come back next year, I'll be battling with Carson and, and a couple other guys. Be yeah, him and Beck. I think are the probably two favorites to be the top ten, you know, top two quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft next year. Um, Jay Buchanan, five dollars super chat. Thank you. Says when do y'all think Saban makes his retirement announcement? With a <laughs> smiley emoji on the end, um, not not as fast as look, Dallas Turner I, declaring for the NFL wait, draft. <laughs> there was a little, yeah. So in case you missed it, Dallas Turner after the game said, "I'm going to league essentially," but then he attacked on like a "ain't no ifs and or buts about it." Yeah, and I'm like, damn, that's a little like that's a little extra. Like, where where you? It just there's there's a little bit behind those words. Like he was kind of ready to get the fuck out. Now, no, it's a bad loss, and then or now you lose the game, and so that hurts, and so you're like, fuck this. But like, I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I did think that was. Kind I, of I, I've, 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 you've heard this, and I've heard this. It, it, you don't have a lot of fun at Michigan or at Alabama. <laughs> there ain't yeah, no. a lot of fun no, no, at true. Alabama. It is. You know, I've talked to plenty of guys that I was teammates with, and other buddies that like it, it is. It is a job. Uh, it is I, exhausting. Yeah, I do agree with Jamie, baby. I love seeing Turner declare that fast because these guys do the same and what and they like want to say, but people don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like, and I do know that, man. In and in, in college football, even if you go to like not even such a serious place, it's a fucking grind. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it for a while, and you've been constantly having people telling you what to do. It just like every minute of your day planned out for fucking five years in my case i guess in his it's only three but still i too was like i am never running another 110 ever fucking again get me the fuck out i just wish you would have been just like let let me me give it a day to breathe and then maybe come out with something like tomorrow the next day i just feel like it kind of left them no that's another one the way he he, he said i we we reacted to that exactly the same way um bow down to washington says jake johnson where the fuck is turner young after all of our super chats that he's given us Damn. about Washington shitting on Aaron, our, our, our Washington correspondent isn't even here to victory lap on the biggest day for Washington football in nearly 30, 30 years. Well, he was just happy that we, we finally had a, a Washington uh, guest with new Heisel last week. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, yeah, me so and Rick tried to tell you dog, me and Rick yeah. been staying on these dogs all year long, dude. Mm. And you love the dogs. You just don't like this West Coast version. Mm-mm. 
Sad, Mm-mm. sad, sad. Um, Professor Flex, huh, that's good. Professor Flex for 20, uh, Penix Jr., better than JJ McCarthy. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be fascinated oh, to start to break down this game. I'm going to be fascinated because that's What's a your big initial quarterback thoughts? advantage. Let's, let's do a quick initial thoughts for next week. Um, okay, big quarterback advantage. Yep. Uh, Washington. Big skill advantage. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think the yeah. I think the Dylan Johnson thing is fascinating. If Dylan can't play, yeah, that's like bad. that's that is, I wouldn't see it. Like they're, they're not they don't want to run the football. They don't have to run the football. They kind of do it just to, you know, give you the thought process that you have to somewhat defend it. But that's I mean he's been kind of the only guy that runs the ball for them. So yeah, I think um, no, that's bad. I think I think Michigan though does have a big defensive advantage. Like we said, Washington defense is good. Michigan's is elite. Mm. Michigan shut Jalen Milrow and Alabama the fuck down earlier. Yeah. Um, coaching, coin toss, flip. I take bit of a one. wash. Bit of a wash. wash. Yeah, yeah. What about the intangibles? The f ephemeral intangibles that I keep referencing. I think because I, I think Michigan's got really strong in that department as I well. Do too. They dealt with a lot of bullshit this year and they just kind of packed a lunch and kept going to work. I think both teams have dealt with a lot this year in, in different yeah. ways. Obviously Michigan has dealt with the scandal, their coach being suspended for six games and getting through all that where Washington's kind of dealt with that massive, I would say massive chip on the shoulder of, of everyone doubting them every single week. They play the big team and they continue to kind of fight through games, win close games, win ugly games, whatever it may be, like kind of just put it together. Uh, I mean, I, it's hard for me to say this, but I, I, just leaning right now, I feel like Washington's a more complete team because they do have the elite offense, and I do think they have a good defense. Where I look at Michigan, and they got an elite defense, but I still think their offense is average. I know, but uh, but again, that's a fucking good Alabama defense, best secondary in the country, and you just saw J.J. I know, for, I know. What I was know. it, 230? Basically, did a great game. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you do it mm. again? Mm. And you know, uh, and, you, and, and I'll say this, you know how I always lean in this situation when it comes to, I've talked about it a I agree that Washington's America's team, Kevin. I do Washington's agree that. When it comes to elite offensive play, like what is given, what is given the the best defenses in the country issues over the past couple seasons? And great I'll just give skill. Georgia's great skill, great skill, and a great yeah. quarterback. Yeah, true. What what is given Georgia, who's had the best defense the past two seasons from two thousand one and two thousand twenty two, Alabama when they were healthy at receiver, mm-hmm. and then last year Ohio State would they had at receiver and a quarterback with CJ. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, dude. It is. I'm, like, I'm just saying, like I don't care how does our you boy Colin Wilson have like just a massive, massive bet on Washington, like payout fifty k, I think. Oh, I'm just telling you, man, it is when you have a quarterback that's playing the way like if Penix can duplicate what he did tonight, which we all know he's more than capable of doing it. And we know how talented those receivers are. There's not enough good DBs on anyone's team to slow down an offense like that. I mean, look at a Dunze and Polk tonight. Now, granted, shitty tech secondary, but yeah. a Dunze six for 125, Polk five for 122, including the 77 yarder. Uh, Jalen McMillan, five for the eight. And then a guy that never gets any love, but has consistently made good big plays all year long, Jack Westover. Mm-hmm. The tight end with a cool yep. six for 59 a night. Uh, the Dylan Johnson thing's a little scary, though. I do agree with you there because yep. he's been their rock, and I don't even know who they really hand it to consistently behind yeah. that. But um, that Kevin says that, that uh, Washington's going to send me a ring for being the only media believer. Hell yeah, dude. They give out like a million rings nowadays. Like if you do a school-affiliated podcast that the school pays you for, I feel like you get a ring. So I, I, I will I will take that, absolutely. And yes, BB, and I picked Washington to win on the money line. Aaron Aaron, Aaron was scared little boy and only took the plus four. Even don't, though don't, I, don't, he was I, shitting his I pants. Was, I was end. shitting my pants. I was standing up. I had my headphones off because Aaron was like five seconds ahead of me. I had headphones off. I was shutting my ears so I couldn't hear anything coming out of the headphones. And I was blocking Aaron from my view with my elbow to watch the last play because I couldn't see the uh, – I did not want to see the uh, the J- reaction. John, John in the chat, you guys are once again enamored by flashy plays. The, bro, the, the, the chicks dig the deep the deep ball. Yeah, wait, what we do you mean? It. Of course. Like, wait, yeah, why okay, would you not I mean, be enamored by yeah. – 
Ben exploding thirty yard dime routes on like balls and post routes, like <laughs> blood pumping in my veins. Like, what do you mean? Of course, am I alive? Yeah, like I'm. Fuck, dude, I was pretty enamored with that beautiful Quinn Ewers deep ball at the end as well. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. fucking great. Um, what was it here? Uh, a guy has the name Race Bannon in the chat. Do you know who Race Bannon is, Aaron? Mm-mm. You ever watch Johnny Quest? Mm-hmm. One of the most legendary cartoons of all time. My old man was a massive Johnny Quest fan, so I grew up watching it and races Dr. Quest's best friend. But questionable. I don't know what kind of relationship they had now that I'm older. But it's fine, whatever it was. But yeah, you should watch Johnny Quest sometime. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna fuck out. I'm not going to cop out on the fuckboy fade, guys. I promise mm-hmm. you, it's coming in April. I swear. I swear. Mm-hmm. I swear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, give us your natty immediate picks. I'm with I think what Aaron just said convinced me. Um yeah, the weapons and the 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 gap between Penix and McCarthy, though I like McCarthy. That's gonna push I will early on here. You know, give me some time. Do I do I screw up the whole Washington, Washington vibe? Do I go with Washington just to I feel like Washington fans are gonna be pissed off me, but I'm with Washington right now. I I'm I have to go I have to go with what I've said for years. Elite offense will trump a great defense. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. go with Washington. Yeah. I agree. Sorry, Kevin. Um Logan Scarborough, what Star Wars character is Michael Penix? So that's the real question. I mean, okay. I'm not, I don't think race played a part in this, but Mace Windu did immediately jump into my head. And yes, it's Samuel Jackson. And yes, Michael Penix black. I get that. But way, way, way beyond that. Um, Mace Windu has a, He's okay. First off, he's incredibly powerful, right? Like one of the most powerful, just pure fighters uh, that has ever existed. Um, And he uses a purple lightsaber. What color is Washington? Purple. Mm -hmm. Why is it purple? Because he is engaged in a uh, lightsaber technique that is actually tinged with the dark side. Uh, Now, he managed not to be overcome with it, but that blue combined with red, all of a sudden it's purple. When I see Michael Penix Jr., freestyling on the sideline when they're losing to Oregon about how he's about to go beat Oregon with a touchdown. And then he does that shit. That's some big dick, dark side energy, but a control, but he's still so nice. So good guy at the end of the day. So that's why I would actually say Mace Wind. I was not going to say Lando next for all the time. That's fucked up. No, 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 it's not going to, um, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I wanted, I was going to end the show, but this is correct from JT. Um, is it really one thirty? Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah, I got a morning show, like show. four hours. Uh, but 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 we have to mention this because they're right. This is snaps. It says how's Steve on air not covered the chick who pulled her boobs out on ESPN? <laughs> Must miss it. Yeah, that yeah, was hilarious. And the and, and the funny part is it's not a live shot, but somebody you know, shit, man, you're just doing your job. You can you going through the motions. Somebody on the pre-approved B-roll, like the footage that they uh, filmed just to play coming in and out of commercials. Uh, completely the, missed it. Yeah, missed a a woman uh pulling out her nipple to receive some beads mm. on, mm. which is also crazy because that doesn't go on that much anymore. It doesn't really? go on. I mean, not not like I I I I think the pre cell phone camera age when people could go down there and be anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, sure that was way more degenerate. Like I always say, this I've never seen a pair of boobs at Mardi Gras that I was ever like happy to see, or I could say I could count them like on one hand. Like there's a lot of just, and I like all, I like a lot of boobs too, but there's a lot of irrational body confidence in, uh, and, <laughs> and, and Mardi Gras sometime. SEC not right. ready to the natty. I know. I love it, dude. No, prime T Bob in his day, showing off his boobies. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I've flashed, you don't get anything yeah. though. Obviously. Uh, all right. Also, pure New Orleans is the fact that there's a woman pushing her child in a stroller directly next to her in the shot, <laughs> which is absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, also, yeah, it sucks for her because, like, now, like, all of her friends and family have seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, viral. Yeah, dude, you gotta watch out. Dude. You gotta be careful flashing nips. But fuck it, dude. Why are we so hung up on the female nipple anyway? 
It's actually the height of absurdity. Mm, if Aaron can you. show his nips all the time, why can't we see Sharon's? You know what? Why don't you go ask Sharon to show us hers right now? Wake up right now, right now, Sharon. Just stand up Sharon. to the patriarchy. Yeah. It's for snaps. It's for snaps. Let's go. Stand up to the patriarchy and prove that a that nipple's enough. just a fucking nipple. Yeah. You know what the dumbest part is? That I kind of get it because I get fucking hyped when I see a nipple. <laughs> what sort of weird thing has been drilled into us that you can see 99% of a boo, but it doesn't really pop? Till you see that areola, and you're like, "Oh yeah, man! Now we cooking, now we cooking, dog." Um, yes, and if you don't have kids, you'll learn one day. Like first piece, say nipples are nurturing. Absolutely, are. dude. Yes, absolutely. All right, we love you. Please, please, please sub to the channel. We are just 400 away from the 12-5 goal. We got a week Come to on. do it, guys. Please Come spread on. the word. Thumbs up. Everything else. Um, yeah, if you're on this chat right now, come on. We have over 450 people. Just hit that thumbs up button. Let's 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 make it happen. One week to do yeah, it. Yeah, sub, 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 sub. Um, shout out T Taylor as well. T Taylor uh is one of our female listeners that gave us a super chat earlier, which you know always love. Gold shout out out. T, T Bob is lucky that he's in he's in the central time zone, so he's only 12:30. Well, no, Gold South mm. saying that because he watched me get oh, yeah. super fucked up on whiskey and wine, and then mm. have to come over here. No, I have not napped Gold South, and then I got I'm not gonna nap tomorrow. You know what though? We'll end on this golden rule for life, kids. If you want to hoot with the owls at night, you gotta soar with the eagles during the day, mm. and that's what we're gonna fucking do. Mm. We love you. And uh, we will see you tomorrow for more snaps. The volume. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 